Special thanks to all our patrons who support the show every single week. We couldn't do it without you. Head over to patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast and subscribe today for bonus content, exclusive happy hour live chats, and more. Patrons, you help keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going, and we're so grateful for you. Not a patron yet? Join us today at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. Help support the show by using our Amazon affiliate link. Anytime you shop on Amazon for running gear, food, beverages, or anything else the little gray trucks might bring your way. Just use runeatdrink.net slash Amazon anytime you shop. It costs nothing extra. It's only one extra click, and it helps us keep the lights on and the bandwidth flowing. Just go to runeatdrink.net slash Amazon, and we thank you for your support. Hi, everyone. It's Mevka Flesgehi, the Boston Marathon, New York City Marathon champion and Olympic silver medalist. And you are listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 268 of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Welcome, and to all who celebrate, happy Thanksgiving. Yes, as we are recording this, we are currently trying to make room in the refrigerator for... Things that are coming out of the oven in preparation for tomorrow. Yes, it is a time to be thankful. It is a time also for tasty holiday meals full of family traditions, time with family and friends and loved ones. Yes, and also, as I understand it, the the football. Oh, yes. And sports. Political discussions. What? And yeah. No. No? No. Oh, I got that wrong. Okay, sorry. No. Scratch that. Scratch that. No football. Yes, football. But nothing else. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you're going to have any of those discussions, don't do it on my recommendation. I would say steer clear. I say say you should enjoy a great meal, great beverages, and some time off with family and friends. Absolutely. So if you are celebrating, happy Thanksgiving here in the United States. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, official with Thanksgiving. Then, you know, the next holiday, I'm, gonna, I'm using air quotes, quotes for everybody that's listening. I'm using air quotes here. <laughs> Podcast professional, I tell you. Ooh. The next holiday is Black Friday, which is a retail holiday. It's not really a holiday. It may as well be. It might as well be. It's such an event. I mean, you can get miles in shopping or you can get miles in for a great cause, which is what we did and what we're going to talk about on this week's episode. Yes. Yes. And I'm a big fan of this week's episode. I am too. It's when we talk about Thanksgiving and what we are thankful for. I am thankful for Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa. And so for us to travel 
to Tampa and do miles. All the way to Tampa. All the way to Tampa. <laughs> all the way. All the way up north. Two hours. <laughs> two hours up the road. <laughs> Not in a plane, by car. But nonetheless, we have traversed Tampa before. Once or twice. But this little thing called Gasparilla. We've been there before for that. Mm-hmm. This other little thing called the Tampa Beer Run, which compared to Gasparilla, is in fact it's, a little thing. It's smaller. And in distance. And for Richard's run. And for Richard's run. So we're no strangers to Tampa, Florida. And I'm, of course, no stranger to Tampa because that is where I was born and raised. So it's always nice to get to do a little bit of a homecoming, even if it's a, a quick up and back, mm-hmm. you know. Just a a nice opportunity to go home for a little bit. It's also the home of Moffitt Cancer Center. And that has been just the doctors, the staff, everyone there, cutting edge research and treatments that have been available for my dad as he battles through non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Yeah, and, and I mean, we're talking like space age, future with a capital F type stuff that mm. they're doing there. So we are forever grateful for the doctors and staff and researchers there at Moffitt because they're a one-stop shop. They not only do treatment, but they also do research. So we had to support them through their miles for Moffitt, 5K and 10K, although there were other distances. There were, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, This was a surprise of a race, and I don't know why Mm. we haven't done it sooner. And Yeah, it's been around for a while. Yeah, and more to come on that. We also wanted to get to a place for food and beverage that was Different. I mean, we have mm-hmm. certainly featured some amazing oh. restaurants and bars and coffee shops and stuff in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I, I will say I love about Tampa and races there is that for people that might be traveling and you know they want to come to Florida, Tampa's a great location because not only can you find great races that happen up there, but and the airport's amazing. <laughs> the food and beverage. Scene. I mean, for the food and beverage alone in the uh, in the, the airport. airport. True story. True yes, story. Yes. So, so it's just an amazing city to be able to recommend people to. And we ended up spending some time um, in Tampa's little Havana, essentially Ebor City, which we love as an area. Oh yeah. Yeah, when beautiful, tons of history, great places. Mm-hmm. It, it's their entertainment district as well. Or oh. It's one of the entertainment districts in Tampa. I and you say. can tell that you're in Cigar City when you're in that area. I mean, there are literally cigar shops. There are old cigar factories and current cigar factories. It's it's a neat area. And we, you found, I, I can't say we, I take no credit for this. You found what? Zydeco Brew Works. Yes. And we're going to be talking about not only their beers in the drink portion, but their food. Also, yes. For exploring and indulging in Tampa, this is one that we wholeheartedly recommend. So, great stuff coming up on this week's episode. But of course, before we get to the running, the eating, and the drinking, you also have some shout outs for us. I do I have collected not maybe not nearly as many as are out there in the Runcation Nation. We have several members in the community that are 
just achieving, accomplishing. Oh, they're killing it. So to start off, since it's been a while for us with the shout out segment, Mm -hmm. we have to back up to the beginning of November and say congratulations to Anna from Anna Runs on Coffee on Instagram for her New York City Marathon finish. The focus on the hills. I mean, she was focused and it just... I mean, I'm I'm sore just thinking about starting on that bridge. We we don't have those kinds of hills. We no, don't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> we would have to manufacture them, go run bridges, or get a treadmill. I, I don't even know or a dreadmill. Don't even know. And outside of the running arena, we also have Tanya Brewer receiving her MBA. Yes, big academic props. Look at the big brain on Tanya. Right. Achieving on and off the track or on and off the course work. Right. I, I, I see what you did. See what I did there. We also want to say uh, congratulations to Alan Young and his half marathon in Monterey Bay. Um, what a beautiful area. Right. And, and we Gorgeous. wish we, we could have been there and crossed that finish line to the motivating words of two of our favorite announcers, yeah. Fitz and Rudy, Team Noisy. Aw, miss them. Can't wait to get back to a race that they are announcing soon. And Fitz has been to Route 66, and we have to say congratulations to Kelly Anderson, who completed the Route 66 half. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, that's one I'd like to do. I'm, I'm, it seems like it would be a very cool course. I think so. Mm-hmm. We also want to say congratulations to Jessica Lynn O'Keefe on the last chance triathlon in St. Petersburg, Florida last, uh, as we're recording two weekends ago. I believe so. Yes. yes. So congratulations, Jess. I mean, she's branching out and she's incorporating that swimming the and that biking. cycling. and Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. And covering a lot of distance. A great supporter of the show, congrats to Dean on the Legacy Trail 60K in Sarasota. Only 60K? Are you really <laughs> saying that? I am not. No. We haven't not ever done. I 60K is like a month worth of running for me. Oh, it's quite a lot. I'm not going to lie. No. <laughs> That's amazing. It's tough. And that is on the Legacy Trail in Sarasota. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susie Beck, congratulations on organizing and executing an amazing conference appearance at the 2023 New Jersey League of Municipalities Annual Conference. Another one with the off the running course accomplishments. I mean, you got to set up a booth. It's almost like an expo. Yeah. It's got to be. I would think. But it sounds huge. So well done, Susie. And Dawn of Dawn Be Joyful on Instagram, she took on the Running with the Elves 5K. And I'm going to tell you, she had pancakes in almost every flavor that looked delicious on Instagram. Like the pictures were amazing. Okay, I didn't see that one. Oh, you've got to go back. I'll have to go back. I just want to sample all of them. And and it's nice to see some seasonal races starting to pop up as we're getting towards, you know, of course, you've got, you know, upcoming turkey trots but you know some of the other seasonal stuff starting mm-hmm. to starting to peak out there. like the jingle bell 5ks and things like that or, or for we've a clause yes previous years so yeah it's i mean who wouldn't run for pancakes absolutely <laughs> I, I mean i would 
Oh, 100%. So. Who needs medals or t-shirts? Just give me pancakes. Mm-hmm. Finally, we want to say thank you to Roxanne Baggett, who donated to our Miles for Moffat fundraiser. We really do appreciate that, Roxanne. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for helping support a cause that is so near and dear and a race that is now very meaningful for us. Absolutely. And if you'd like a shout out for you or someone else that you love on the show, send us an email to info at runeatdrink.net. That's info at runeatdrink.net. Or call us and leave a message at 941 941- Six seven seven two seven three three. That's nine four one six seven seven two seven three three. And we will make you Runcation Nation famous. Yes, and if you leave us a message, we can actually play it on an episode. Yes, we, we love would that. Love it. Or on the email front, if you email us an audio file, we can mm-hmm. work with that too. Keep it to about a minute. Either way. Yeah. So let's talk running. Let's talk running and our run. At Miles for Moffitt in Tampa. It uh, it was uh, last weekend, and we actually did an up and back. We, we drove up and then came home in the same night. But like you said, if you're going to go, this has a big race feel. And if you watch social media for Miles for Moffitt, you know that they have teams, corporate teams. They have just teams of Good Samaritan runners or Good Samaritans who come out to just run and walk only for this cause. Yes. And I didn't know about that. And while I was milling about the area right outside of Amelie Arena, which is where Mm. the event is held listening to the announcements and trying to glean some intelligence about the race. They were sharing some interesting facts about the race. And I thought it was really cool. 9,500 runners. And what was it across all events across all events, which there was a one K a five K and a 10 K. Yes. And I believe that they might've had also like like a a kid's kids run. Well, I know they had a kid's, a kid's Kids event event as well. Mm -hmm. And Something like $1.4 million? 1.6 is what they raised for this event. Which was, so they've had more participants in this year of the race and made more money than ever before. And that is amazing to hear. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I mean, kind of where do you want to start? You want to start with the feel of the event? You want to talk about the registration process first? Registration was available right up to the day of the race. And it's super easy. I really like run sign up. Donna Marathon Weekend uses it. This event uses it several. Lots of turkey trots that are coming up use it. And I just feel like it's great to register there. You can set up fundraisers there. So that was really super easy to do. Yeah. Super easy. And this being held at Amelie Arena, which is in the the heart's not exactly the right word, but it's right in downtown Tampa. Mm-hmm. Parking. If you are, are going to Tampa, we would... If you're flying to Tampa, I highly recommend flying into Tampa International. Hotels, if you're looking at at places uh, to stay in that area, this is the exact same area, general area, where Gasparilla is. So there are tons of hotels right in the downtown Tampa area that are not just a short distance, but actual walking distance uh, to the start and finish line. Plenty of parking if you're driving in, if you decided to stay somewhere else. And that's all municipal parking. 
So they had parking decks. Municipal parking decks were open. Street parking was available. They also had parking at the Tampa Convention Center. So you had no shortage of parking, which was great. And it was within, what, a five-minute five walk to the uh, actual arena itself? Yes, it was really not that Super convenient. Packet pickup was actually done right outside of Amelie Arena, which is, is referred to as Thunder Alley. Mm. And this is the area right outside the arena at the base of the stairs. They have this nice, beautiful courtyard. If you watched our live stream that I did while Amy was running, <laughs> I was doing a little live stream from Thunder Alley. Yes. It's a beautiful courtyard area. They have outdoor seating. They had tons of vendors. They had um, a couple of stages set up. They had one stage set up at the start line, and they had another stage set up over in Thunder Alley. And they had guest speakers there, like Tampa Mayor. Caster. Caster. Thank you. Yes. Jane? Yes. Mm. And I was going to call her Chief Caster because ah! she used to be Tampa Police Chief. The area at the pre-party or, or area for pre-party and packet pickup mm-hmm. was great. Yes, it was. It was able to be because it was at the arena. It was able to be spread out. There were lots of places for vendors to set up. I mean, dunk, do we call it Dunkin' or Dunkin' Donuts? Dunkin' Donuts. They had Dunkin' Donuts there. They had Carabas cooking and getting food ready for, for the, the post party. Yeah. Post party. Mm-hmm. They had tons of different medical tents set up, including a bus that was doing free uh, skin screenings for mm-hmm. skin cancer. Yes. And I thought that was really cool. Just a, a neat thing to see. Samples of coffee and and donut holes from Dunkin'. Uh, yes, Bunchkins. Just I thought it was a really cool time, and they had a great DJ the whole time. They had mm. what was it? A Zumba class. That, oh, they did up. like a warm up. Yeah. yeah, they did a really nice job working the crowd and getting everybody kind of in the mood for it. And all the mascots were floating around too. Yes, so you had the Lightning's mascot, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mascots. Oh, I can't remember who else. But they were all the local teams. local teams. Yeah, all, all the, the local, local teams. teams mascots. So you could have pictures. And oh, the yeah. kids were just eating it up and the dogs that were around. There were a lot of people with dogs. I didn't see any out on the course. I don't I didn't see any myself. But they were hanging out at the mm-hmm. in Thunder Alley. Including one you got a photo of, which was the therapy dog. He was adorable. Aww. He was an official therapy dog for Moffat. So he had sweet. even he had a Moffat issued ID badge. Oh. It was adorable. Yes. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes. So, so and, and the race entry fee for me was $75 years, I think was for the 10K. Mm-hmm. What for years, it was maybe $10 less. Okay. And we registered pretty late. We did. Yes. So I think it was worth it. And 100% goes to Moffitt. And packet pickup was super simple. They had their tent out there. We ended up doing packet pickup. Amy, we got there with 30 minutes to spare. Yes. So we ended up doing packet pickup and then you went right to the corral. I did. Or to the chute. To the, yes. They didn't do corrals. They didn't do corrals. They just kind of said, you know, line up where you think you, if you're going to be a contender, come up front or if mm-hmm. you're not, I was at the very back. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then while you were going to line up, I ran our packets, our, our gift bags with shirts and everything mm-hmm. back to the car. 
and that was nice. Came back. They were a pretty solid gift or gear check type bags. Yes. Drawstring. Very thick, clear plastic. plastic. You could seriously, if you use that, you would have no problem carrying all your stuff all day long. Right. Did a nice job with those were very I've we've been to races where the gear check bag is darn near falls apart. Like like splits in half. Like they bought them from wish.com or something. Oh my gosh. No. (laughs) Unless wish.com would like to sponsor us, in which case we love wish.com. Really? Come on. No, they were solid bags, and I loved the long sleeve shirts, although they had different color shirts for survivors who were running. Yes. We were, while we were milling around initially, we were seeing the different shirts, and all of the survivors had a light blue, cyan mm-hmm. blue mm-hmm. shirt, mm-hmm. and it really popped. It was a nice visual pop in the in the crowd, the throng of people. And. The fact that on the back it said Survivor, and then it had big the sponsors. Lettering. Big, yes. huge, bigger than anything else. They were else, celebrating it, and I love that. Including the sponsors that are on the back. So mm-hmm. it was, and I like, it's these. the material is so soft. Yeah, I think it's like a, almost like a charged cotton, I, don't, I think. I don't know, but it's just so very soft. Other things that I liked about the pre-race mm-hmm. a- area, they had probably, what would you say, 10 porta-potties set up outside? I would say, yes. 10 porta potties outside. I mean, it, they were busy. There was a line, but the line moved. Mm-hmm. But they had the restrooms inside of Amelie Arena open. So you could go in, get some air conditioning, which it wasn't too terribly hot. No, thank goodness. And get to a real restroom if you wanted to do that instead. And those love lines that. were not bad. I they love that. Bad. Such such a smart place to stage a race where you have massive amounts of facilities available for 9,500 runners. Yeah, exactly. And their families and people who are cheering and volunteers. And and by the way, this area of town has tons of apartments and luxury high rises. So there are a lot of people that live right there. Mm. This is right near Harbor Island. This is right near channel side. This is right near the Riverwalk. So you are spitting distance from all three of those areas. And there's there, this is Mixed use, residential, commercial, and business. Yeah. I would just say if you're- beautiful. It's nice to take some extra time after the race to kind of look around and- Oh, yeah. See the area that's so beautiful and so many places are accessible nearby. Yeah. This is easily a race. You could come up, knock it out in the morning, and then spend the day on foot downtown just having a blast. Mm-hmm. So- the 10K, the longest distance, started the earliest. It did, and that was smart. Yeah. Now, how do you want to break it up? Do you want to, you want to talk about the, the 5K first and go in order of race distance, or do you want to talk chronologically? We can start with the 5K. Okay. Yeah. In that case, when it was time for me to line up, I, I didn't have to line up until 830. Mm. So I got plenty of photos and videos and did a little live stream and everything. And by the time I was lining up, the fog was burning off, mm. sun starting to peek out, and I'm like, oh. oh. You think it's going to be warm? <laughs> I was a little worried. And humid? I, it was, I thought that the weather was relatively cool, but yeah. humid. Yeah. kind of has to be. You're right near Tampa Bay. You're right near the, the mouth of the uh, Hillsborough River. Mm-hmm. You're going to have humidity year-round in that area. Just that's going to happen. But it, it wasn't nearly as bad. 
as we have had it in years oh, past. Oh, listen, I'm going to be talking about the p- parallels to Gasparilla here in a few minutes. Okay. So that, that's coming. Yeah. So they, it's time to line up. The shoot for the 5K was filled, and then basically it overflowed and doubled. I feel like the 5K was a larger event. It was a huge event. Rather than the the 10. And that was, as a slower runner going there, I wasn't in a hurry to try to get in the shoot proper, but there were a lot of people who were like, I I don't think they were understanding the assignment. I'm like, look, man, if it's... If it's eight twenty five and we and race times at eight thirty and you want to get to the front, you probably are an elite runner and you know better to be up there. So stop trying to shove your way through. We had a couple of those in the crowd, mm. but generally everybody was pretty chilled. The volunteers were fantastic, and I ended up kind of hanging out right near at the end, right at the finish line, where the table was where all the medals were. Oh, nice. And that's where I got that photo that I took for the the episode artwork. artwork, So the volunteer who was there, super cool, really nice guy. I believe that he said he was a survivor and talking with him. And then just the people around me were really nice. And then once it got moving, because it's a chip-timed race, there's no need to worry about, you know, the gun time because you're going to be measured based on when your chip crosses the start line. Everybody kind of, you know, it started to spread out and then it got moving. Mm -hmm. The course itself was very similar to the first part of Gasparilla. I would agree. In fact, you might say it's almost identical Mm -hmm. in that it starts right downtown, right Mm -hmm. near Emily Arena. That's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But it takes you across the Platt Street Bridge, Mm -hmm. which you end up running under the tunnel that's right there on Platt Street that takes you under the part of the the convention center. The Platt Street Bridge is a little drawbridge, metal Mm -hmm. drawbridge, Mm -hmm. not super comfortable on the feet, but it's really the only hill on the course. Right. So you go over that and you do it like at the first half mile. So super quick, you get that over with, and then that takes you, you go right across that bridge and then you go down, and then you bear to the left, and then you're out on Bayshore. This is identical to the 10K. Identical to the 10 uh, Okay. 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 Uh, I was going to say, also very similar to Gasparilla. Yeah. And Bayshore Boulevard. We've talked about it when we do um, Gasparilla, mm-hmm. which is, it, it is a wonderfully beautiful course. It is oh, straight, yeah. flat, flat, paved. Traffic control was absolutely amazing. Amazing. Tampa PD did an amazing job. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. It's a wide open, fast, flat course. If you're a, if you are a fast runner, this would be a good event because you mm. could easily get a PR mm. here. With the caveat being humidity and the weather is a coin flip. We lucked out. We had a very mild uh, weekend. Here in Florida, I think we had a, a very weak front push through. It, it was very weak. Um, yeah. But that said, back during Gasparilla, we had hot temperatures, tons of humidity, and admittedly, you know, running in costume during that time, and and maybe not exactly the best self-discipline the night before didn't contribute to an optimal running experience, but Uh this time much better. Mm -hmm. So it was basically at that point, it was a mile and a half, uh, 1.55 out and back is really what it came down to. And 
all along the race course, you had plenty of volunteers. They did have one big water stop that serviced both the outbound and inbound traffic. Mm-hmm. And they did a phenomenal job. There, there were a couple of music stops along the way. They had a DJ in, in one area. They had, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was another DJ in a different area, but two places were playing music that I recall. Mm-hmm. And just, again, a beautiful, fast, flat, paved course. Yes. For us, it was a very straightforward race. I would agree. Our, our start for the 10K was exactly the same. As yours. Okay. We just went a little further down Bayshore and had a turnaround. Not quite as far as Gasparilla, though. We ended up... Gasparilla, you do all of Bayshore. All of Bayshore. Not quite all of Bayshore here at the turnaround. Again, it was just the volunteers were clapping for you and and cheering for you. And there was kind of like a cheer squad at the larger water stop Mm -hmm. there. And there were people all along the sidewalk at Bayshore that that are normally, uh, they're running, they're biking, they're rollerblading, they're doing whatever. Yeah, for those that maybe have are new to the Runcation Nation, they haven't heard our Gasparilla episode, which by the way, go back and check it out if you're ever looking at coming down to do a race in Tampa mm-hmm. that, you know, during that time of year. Which is February. Uh, Gasparilla is February. February. And then this is November. Exactly. And you can get two totally different weather experiences within, within three months. But Bayshore is the world's longest contiguous sidewalk. It's a mixed-use recreational trail in Tampa. Yes. So you they, they actually have little workout stations along it. They have tons of little art installations and nice landscaping. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a beautiful area. It really is. And everybody who did the 10K, it was nice to walk the first part of it. I walked the first mile. I'm in e-coaching with Jeff Galloway, America's Mm -hmm. coach, Olympian Jeff Galloway. And he said, I approve your plan to walk the first mile and then do uh, a run-walk interval of 555. Oh, so, okay. And so I did that. With the exception of, through the water stops, I kind of took a little bit of footage of the volunteers. I liked I liked Jennifer Hall's strategy of filming the volunteers and asking, hey, is your water the most delicious water stop? And having them cheer and thanking them and just recognizing them. Sure. So, it, so walking through the water stops, I think, and doing 555 throughout after the first mile, I happened upon families that were walking together or run walkers who were survivors. Mm -hmm. And I ran uh, and walked alongside one named Joe. And I remember that dearly because my father's name is Joe. And he he said, yes, I'm a survivor and this is my 18th year. Wow. Or my 14th year. One of the, one of the other. It was double digits. So it it was just, and the water stops, I didn't feel like I needed to carry hydration, although some people did have water bottles in tow. But I felt like there was only water. So if you want electrolytes or if you want any kind of nutrition along that 6.2 mile course, then that would be a good thing to bring along with you. But I didn't really feel like with the humidity at the lower level as compared to Gasparilla, 
or compared to summer runs that we've come up and done in the Tampa area where the humidity is just like, you know, feels like a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. This was ideal. This was much, much better. Yeah. And, you know, we joke about Gasparilla, but gas Tampa in February, it's a coin flip as to what the weather's going to be. You can never tell. We've had it sunny, rainy, hot, cold, and every mix that you can imagine. You can never tell. But I would recommend because in November, the humidity is lower. Mm -hmm. This is just perfect. You have all kinds of race distances and families and and groups, coworkers coming to do this. And just the feel of the people who are doing something to contribute to finding better early detection for cancer or better treatments. Mm-hmm. Just the that feeling is palpable, much like it is at Donna. Oh, 100%. And I, I love that. I, we were talking about this before the race. I would really like to see this race kind of become a little more. Mm-hmm. I say like Donna. It's not that this isn't an amazing event. It is. I want the, the citizens in Tampa to adopt this race. And, I do too. And, and get out of your houses. Come on out to Bayshore. Set up tables. Turn it into a party. You know, I would like mm-hmm. to see them do that. And, you know, that would be the only way I think you could improve upon this event. And, and it wouldn't be anything the race folks could do. Right. You know, I would hope I, I would hope that maybe people in the Tampa community could hear our episode. Yes. And come, on, come guys, out. Adopt this race. And made it, make it a Bayshore block party. I mean, I get it. It's, it's hard because Gasparilla is a giant party. Of course. I mean, it's basically Tampa's version of Mardi Gras. True. And, That's fair. And it's, it, it can get pretty raucous, mm-hmm. but this event is deserving of it. So, Hear what we're saying, Tampanians, Tampanians, fellow, fellow Tampans. Now I'm that's I'm about to go. I'm about to cross into territory I don't want to cross. You're it, it's like the intro to Guardians of the Galaxy at, at Walt Disney mm. World, where you're like, "What do they call themselves? Yeah. What yeah. do they call themselves? Epcot citizens. Tampa of Tampa. Hear us and make it a block party next year. I think." This could be a repeat on our calendar, if not for every reason that we have stated, but also there was bling. There Not only was a shirt, there was a finisher medal. Uh, and this is pretty hefty. They did a really nice job with this medal. What? I was so surprised to yeah. get a finisher medal for a 5K. And I like... And one that's as big as this. It's big. It's multicolored. It's got the Moffat kind of logo here, the Miles for Moffat logo with the skyline. And it's blue and white, the signature colors of Moffat. And the ribbon says Miles for Moffat, a finisher. And I just... It is... It, and it, on the back, it says 2023 finisher on the medal. I, it's a hefty medal. Yeah. Lenar Holmes uh, was one of their title sponsors. They, they actually mm-hmm. are on the ribbon and the medal itself. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Uh, really nicely done with mm-hmm. that medal. And it was very smart. They gave the same medal, I believe, for the 5K and the 10K. Yes. 
Yes. And then, of course, they had uh, awards for top finishers. They did, yes. Which was great. So, and let me just tell you this, too. The photos. They they had professional photographers on the course. Yes. And they were on the spot, sending the email, and then you could see. And they were awesome. Yeah, they did a great job. And I didn't even know. I had no idea. Amy sent me a picture of myself. I'm like, who took that? Look at this. She's like, they did. The race Mm -hmm. had photographers. I'm like, I never saw them. Never saw them. Yeah, it was me. No. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was not the case. I was huffing and puffing and trying to make my way back to cheer you on when you finished. And one thing that I liked when I started an hour after you did. Oh, yes. And I. Well, we started at seven. uh, Yeah, 90 minutes. Yeah. So I had 90 minutes and we're out running. There are still 10K runners coming back. This is, I don't think, a race where you got to be too concerned about your time. Not only because they keep it open for a very long time with the other events, but also yes. because of where the race is. Worst case scenario, if you were slow and had to get off the road because they're opening the road, mm-hmm. you've got the world's longest contiguous sidewalk right there and oh, sidewalk yeah. all the way to the finish line. And I will tell you that they started the 5K while I was still out there on the course. Yes, they did. And the race officials were really good when the early 5K finishers, the people who placed, were coming and they had us come up on the sidewalk. Yeah, the ones that are doing like four-minute miles and they've got a pace vehicle with them and Mm -hmm. they're doing all that stuff. They had us come up on the sidewalk, but then when we were approaching the finish line, we got back on the road and we were able to finish. Mm -hmm. And the pictures were just gorgeous, so... I loved this race weekend. It had a big race weekend feel and just a feel-good atmosphere. Yes. And then after the race in Thunder Alley, you've got, again, we talked about some of the the food that was out there. Bananas and water. Tons of free bananas. Oh, yeah. Tons of free bananas. But then the Carabas was like they had the chicken marsala and some penne penne pasta with tomato sauce, and that was just delightful. So, and at nine in the morning. But, hey, <laughs> but after, after a good run, nothing wrong with a little post-race uh, carb. It and was protein. just a tiny little kind of appetizer plate too. Yeah, but you could go back and get more if you wanted. Of course, but we needed to save our appetites. I just want to say, before we talk about where we took our appetite, mm-hmm. after we built up all those miles and accomplished for Moffitt Cancer Center, that... We had a shout out for Roxanne Baggett earlier in the show for donating to our fundraiser. We were a little late to the game in promoting our fundraiser, but if super late, as in we really didn't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, if anybody wants to contribute, that's still open through the end of the year. You can go to runsignup.com slash runcation nation 2023. That's runsignup.com slash Runcation Nation 2023. All one word. And we'll have a link in the show notes. Yes. If you have it in your heart to donate, we would really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And we thank you, all of you for your support. Yes. And everybody who put together Miles for Moffat. Yes. Well, it's okay. So we've accomplished. Can then we, we had to go and explore. 
And when you're in downtown Tampa, you are really just a stone's throw. Like I said, you're right there near Channel Side. You're right there near the Riverwalk, and you're very close to Ebor City. And Ebor City is Tampa's historic um, kind of. We, we always called it little a little Havana, a historic district. Older buildings, older cigar factories, and other types of factories. You know, we've talked about of spaghetti course, factory. There was a macaroni factory macaroni. Convert, converted to a restaurant we've covered on the show, Casa Santo Steph. Mm -hmm. Of course, the Columbia restaurant is down there as well. But there are hundreds of restaurants, bars, nightclubs, just amazing places. How do you choose? Really, it's the type of place that you can just go and explore on foot. And I would highly recommend to do that. Definitely, if you go on a weekend night, it's hectic. You know, especially when you get down towards Centro Centro de Ebor, which is kind of the hub of where all the activity is. It's a rocking, rocking area. A nice place to celebrate. A nice place to celebrate. 100%. And in the daytime, there are plenty of food options. You found Zydeco Brewing while you were doing research. I was thinking brunch, you know? mm Mm-hmm. Brunch. And this place, it's in a rustic area and when we pulled up into the parking lot there were roosters there were in fact roosters now the funny story the chickens and roosters that live in ebor city have have been the center of some controversy <clears throat> and they have i think they're officially like part of the neighborhood now for a while there was some controversy some people moved in they wanted them gone i'm sure some people still do it's kind of like uh, going down to Key West. The chickens are it's there. It's part of it. It's part of it. So I think that ship has sailed. Okay. But we had roosters in the parking lot where we parked and uh, we headed on in. And this place. Um, it's big. It, it's really big. It, it's got a very industrial vibe to it. Uh, big brick building, uh, uh, you know, br- brick exterior mm-hmm. and, you know, pipes and brick on the interior and metal and concrete and um not one but two bars two bars yes and the behind the main see. bar you could see the brewery yes which is very nice i and always like name. it when they do that i like i know watching brew tanks they don't do much but it's just a cool look it's a cool look and then there were barrel rooms by the by where the restrooms were and, and this is a two-story place. And they it's had a two-story upstairs. Place, yeah. And they have their own little rick house in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought so, that was pretty sharp. Very nice. Very nice. And we were there right at open. And they opened at 1030, whereas most other places opened at 11 yes. on Saturday. So it was great. You could get a jump on it. If you're a runner that's looking for somewhere right after a running event, this one opens earlier than a lot of others. Mm-hmm. And so we had our pick of seats and we walked in and we just, I mean, it has a New Orleans flair. Yes. Is it? No. My eighth grade drama teacher would just say, Nolens. Yeah. Nolens. Exactly. Did I get it right? Ish. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. Not, I'm I work on better. that. Mr. Widener, I'm sorry if you're listening. <laughs> Yeah, they a lot of Nolan's flair and the menu, both in terms of food and drink, is very much Nolan's inspired. Yes. And what we started with was just I'm I was almost gonna say, shut up and get your own. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we wanted to sample because they had some sweet options and some savory options. Hard and to choose. It is always hard to choose when you're doing brunch. So hard. And, you know, I'm a sucker for shrimp and grits. And they had a sh- they had two shrimp and grits dishes on the dish or, or on the menu. Mm-hmm. The first is, was an appetizer, their Nola barbecue shrimp and grit cake. Oh, and then they have a shrimp and grits entree. Yes, essentially, it's just a difference in portion size. Mm. According to the menu, listen here: uh-huh. house made Havarti grit cake mm. topped with four. Nola style barbecue shrimp that were huge. Say enormous shrimp that were you know clearly you know doused in just wonderful blackening spice, cooked perfectly. (sighs) The grit cake, I think, was to me kind of the star of the show. I love really nicely done grits that aren't real soupy. I like it when They're grits toothsome. have a little bit of tooth to, yeah, a little bit of bite, a little bit of tooth mm. to Havarti cheese. I don't know that I've ever had Havarti in grits. And have like white cheddar, maybe. Yep. yep. Sharp cheddars. But Havarti was a neat, creamy, mm. not overpowering, you know, just really nice cheese to select for that grit cake. Mm. And the sauce. Oh. So when you hear New Orleans barbecue or, or Nola style barbecue shrimp, if you're thinking Southern barbecue, like, you know, Texas, Alabama, uh, Tennessee, don't think that. If you're not familiar with Louisiana barbecue you know, or uh. you know, New Orleans barbecue, it's more of a spicy butter based sauce. And but this it was thinner. This thinner. was um you could tell there was almost a brown butter in this sauce that they used. There was a nuttiness to it, mm. a little tang, a little bit of heat. Citrus. A little bit of like lemon citrus. And it was just so that was the tang that I got. Mm-hmm. And it was and it's not like a cream base. It, like a when you or a thick thick barbecue. Sauce. No, this is a very thin mm-hmm. buttery sauce. Yes, I mean I could have had a spoon, and <laughs> and you could have given me the plate, and I could. But the perfect bite really would be the shrimp, and you just you know squeeze the tail off mm-hmm. because they came tail on. Yes. So you could squeeze the tail off, and then if you put that shrimp on your fork and you have a like a, a scoop of the grit cake, mm-hmm. and then some of the arugula that was there. Garnish with arugula, And yes. then you drag it through the sauce. Yeah, so they pour the sauce right over top, and then you have kind of this moat of, of oh, the sauce around the edge of the grit it's cake. magical. And that is a perfect bite, and the shrimp are not chewy. They are the perfect... Those shrimp were absolutely perfectly cooked. Mm. I do not, man, when a place serves shrimp and they overcook it and it's like eating a pencil eraser, it drives me nuts. This was perfect. No, these were amazing. So good. I highly recommend this. I don't, I, yes, it was good for us to share it. Although it could be an entree for somebody that appetizer was big enough. It was big enough. Yeah. If you want shrimp were huge, not breaded. If you didn't want to overdo it 
you could go with that for your entree. Yeah. Sure. But if you wanted to get, you know, the entree size portion. Go for it. Yeah. You absolutely. ran all the miles. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. We're also in the mood. We were also in the mood for something sweet, though. We were. Mm-hmm. And I'm a sucker for this. It was. Now hear this. <laughs> now hear this. Bourbon, bread pudding, French toast. Say it again. Bourbon, bread pudding, French toast. Yes. Yes. Mm. <laughs> oh. You uh, should read that description okay. for everybody. Well, here, let me just, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had to gain composure there because I was like just dreaming of it. My mouth was watering. We start according to the menu. And I quote, we start with our legendary bourbon bread pudding, deep fried, that's right, deep fried, with a maple chantilly cream underneath and our burberry, our, I can't even say it, our bourbon blueberry sauce. Yeah. Oh. There is such a oh. great combination there when you have oh. maple and bourbon. I think those flavors really complement each other very nicely. We've had drinks before where the, the base liquor is bourbon and they're sweetening it with maple syrup. It's just, mm. it really works. It's but, that brown sugar element. Yes. And the deep fried French toast. Oh. If I can just say that the coating made... The French toast slices, almost brulee. Yeah, Bru- a brulee type of texture. It, it, you could outside. rake your fork across it, mm-hmm. and you would hear the scrape. Mm-hmm. And when you cut into that French toast, it was like custard on the inside. Oh, it's so good. And we were wondering, did they had to? Yeah, they deep fried this, and then we checked the menu. Sure enough, right. Um. The bourbon blueberry sauce. I mean, they did garnish it with some other berries. It's oh, black, fresh, fresh berries. But that bourbon blueberry sauce was like basically a blueberry compote with bourbon. And the bourbon, not boozy. Mm-mm, you just no. got a Mm-mm. little bit of the notes of the oak and the vanilla. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm. and I love I blueberry vanilla, anyway. Vanilla I'm bourbon. such a sucker for. You for, are. <laughs> I really am. You are. It's your favorite fruit, I think. It is. So. So. There, there was nothing wrong with this dish except for the fact that they give you four gigantic pieces. Now, that's not wrong. No, but if you got, let's say we hadn't split an appetizer and then you get that and then you want to save room for the. I their, mean, if you get it for yourself, but we split it. We split it. Yeah. But I'm saying if you were to get that by yourself, you're not going to have any room for, you know, their beignets, mm. which. We didn't have room. We did not. However. We saw them being served a lot. I think the strategy was smart to split some things. Yes. And it was just, I, I there were other things on the menu that looked good. But when uh, we asked our server, she was like, French toast, it's where it's at. Yeah. And we saw a ton of plates of French toast going out. And then, of course, we saw tons of beignets going out as well. Ooh. Based on the food alone. Oh, yeah. Would you go back? Of course. Yeah. 100%. Naturally. This place, and this is, we haven't even talked about their beer yet. No. So let's just say- original on-premise beer. Let's just pretend that you don't like beer. Would this be a place worth going to for brunch for the food? Just for the food alone, but they don't have just 
beer, they have cocktails too. They just do so, have cocktails. Yeah. But, gonna, but for the food alone, I vote yes. You, you vote yes? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. This place was so good. And the variety on their menu, you know, they've, they've got like a, oh. dev, a deviled egg trio. They've got a country burrata. <laughs> they do just a chicken biscuit that I had that was delicious. The Benedict that looked oh. amazing watching that go out. A couple like, of oh different Benedicts. And, but they have omelets too. And just, I mean, I think anybody could find something on the menu to be happy with. Oh, 100%. At brunch alone. And we are going to have a link to Zydeco Beer Works in mm-hmm. the show notes. It's oh, ZydecoBeer.com. Yes. Um, it's the great Zydeco, website. Zydeco Brew Works. Yes. Yeah. You've got to check this place out. You've <sighs> got to get that that French toast. Oh. Before we talk about their drinks, though, before we talk about the beer flights we mm-hmm. had, running this race and all that we have been through over the last what, eight to 10 weeks, I just want to talk about a beverage that's really helping me get through some hectic and stressful pre-holiday moments. Yes. And that is Magic Mind. We've been trying it over the last few weeks, and I feel like it's really helped me. It's... You know, I'm, you know. I do. I. You're up at 3 a.m. three days a week. <laughs> I am. So I get up early and I go over and I help. I check in on mom and dad and I make sure that they have everything they need for the day before I go and do a proper eight-hour work say, day. Then you come back, get your morning workout in, mm-hmm. then you go to work. And so I was noticing, you know, it's just, you know how much I love coffee. Yes. Some might say that you're a little, you're a connoisseur. I am. But coffee alone wasn't doing it for me. And I was finding myself kind of puttering out at the end of the day. You know, there comes a point with coffee where it'll keep you going Mm -hmm. and then get beyond that point. And if you keep drinking it, Mm -hmm. then it's not really giving you energy. It's just making you feel stressed. You know, you you, got to taper off the coffee you know too much of a good thing not too much late to mid-morning exactly yeah so i noticed that and so our friends over at magic mind sent us some magic mind to try yeah and we really do appreciate the opportunity to to give this a try yes like a full trial to, Mm -hmm. to see what we think so we gave it a try over several days it has some all natural ingredients like match matcha mm-hmm. and ashwagandha that really i love those because they reduce the stress and anxiety that i can feel when i feel like i'm going in a lot of different directions and you know it's just a tiny little bottle that i can pair i i can have it right before i go to work or i can have it alongside with my coffee or i could have it in substitute in in lieu of my coffee and i tend to notice when I have it, I stay focused in those later hours, those later work hours that tended to be the more challenging era part of the day. And without that coffee, jittery, nervous feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have extra hours that I'm awake and I'm still focused and, and doing my best. So it's been really good for me. 
And I highly recommend it. I think that you should try it, Rinkation Nation. And you can get it at magicmind.com slash run, eat, drink. That's magicmind.com slash run, eat, drink. And with the code, run, all one word. Yeah, all one word, all caps, run, eat, drink, 20. That's run, eat, drink, 20. You can get 20% off of your purchase. Yes, and up to 56% off a subscription. Which is great. And the Run, Eat, Drink 20 also works if you're already a subscriber and you can pay, you can save on your next subscription payment. Well, I was going to so, say, look at that. Yeah. Very nice. So I just want to thank them for sponsoring our show. And I think we should get on and talk about a flight from Zydeco Brewers. We should. At Zydeco, we were... Very impressed with their selection of beers, not only the number of beers, but the breadth and the depth of their beer catalog. And we each kind of went a a very different way. And I like when we do that. I do. Because then we get to try a bigger sampling of the menu instead of having the same. Because, I mean, we like to try a lot of similar types of beer. We do. Yes. But, and we have a tendency if we do that, that if we don't purposely set out to try different areas of the menu, we'll often overlap. But it was good to try lots of different styles. They have quite a a variety. They do. And I also like the fact that they offer four ounce, 16 ounce, one liter, I believe 32 ounce crowlers and a 64 ounce growler fill. So those you have all of those options mm. you could you know put together flights and try a bunch of different stuff uh, and basically we tried every beer on the menu between the two of us we did, so, didn't we we did yeah 100% yeah you want me to start sure okay we I, had a, we had a flight yeah i Each. wanted to go with kind of what the what's the beer that keeps the lights on you know i, I like to always which is what you asked anyway try that yeah, yeah i like to try those types of beers and they said yeah that's our tried and true section of the menu and jenna was our server she was fantastic and very knowledgeable about the beers mm. and the first one that i tried from the tried and true selection was their ebor premium and this is as they describe it our version of an american premium lager clean crisp and crushable 4.5 percent abv in drinking this, I, th- I said that this is a slightly hoppier take on a traditional American lager. I, it was a clear light yellow color, moderate to heavy carbonation, light to medium body with a little hop on the front end and lingering bitterness on the back of the tongue. For me, crushable. I don't know if I'd call it crushable. I, I think there's oh. a little too much, a little too much bitterness for me. But somebody one. who likes that kind of If you of like thing. that, you're going to, yeah, if you're a big, if you're a hophead or if you just like a more bitter mm-hmm. beer, I think you're going to call it crushable. For me, it was, I'd have a pint, but I would probably have it with a meal. Okay. That'd be a great burger beer. Well, I have to say that I think the first one in my flight was, would be a good burger beer. It, and also had kind of a, a bitter finish. It was called Space Case, and it is 6.4% ABV. And according to the menu description, a bright tropical IPA brewed with Galaxy, Nelson, and Simcoe hops for notes of citrus, melon, and pine. 
So it had a moderate carbonation. It was a kind of not so golden yellow in the color of it. And I think it was very pine forward. I don't know if I got so much melon on it. When you let me taste it, I was like, I I get what they're going for. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Hint of Cucumber. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. So maybe that's what happens to the melon in the brew process, the Mm -hmm. the hint of melon. But it had a piney nose and a bitter finish that lingered in the back. Like you, I think this one, maybe a pint with a meal, but I don't know if it would be my go-to necessarily. Although, if you do like a piney IPA, you would like this one. Yeah. And, yeah. and we all know you're not real big into the piney IPAs. Nah, mainly citrus, if it's citrus forward. My next one is called Minivan. And this is a classic German-style Kolsch, golden in color, crisp and refreshing, with subtle notes of melon and white grapes, 4.8% ABV. That's their description on the menu. Mm-hmm. I wrote down clear, light yellow color, mild carbonation, a... Nose with a slightly bready and somewhat tart taste. Starts with a bitterness on the back of the tongue, in the middle, and a clean finish. The hops are subtle. And I describe this as very drinkable. I'm a Kolsch fan, though. We love Kolsch. I like Like, a good Kolsch. Not J-Dubs brewing. Poolside Kolsch. Yes. I I think the style tends to lend itself to being a good pool beer, a good uh, burger beer. Mm. So this, again, I can see why this is one of theirs under their tried and true. So I I have failed to mention that mine are uh, from the section of the menu that is called Wildlife. Yes, and that's because they are doing some uh, wild fermentation mm-hmm. here. So you're getting some interesting flavor profiles. I am, and it says there's a subtitle or some italics under wildlife. They have this hop forward beers and ales influenced by wild and unique yeasts. Mm-hmm. So this next one is called Savage. And it was 5.7% ABV. And according to the menu, it's a golden ale fermented entirely with the wild yeast strain Brettanomyces, notes of white grapefruit juice, and a quenching acidity. So I have to tell you that when I tried to get a nose on it, it really didn't have anything to preview. Mm -hmm. Often I will find in... Something that is really bready, you know? Yes. But it, it's very golden in color, and it had really no real nose, like I was talking about. It had a sour flavor from the grapefruit profile and a slight bready note at the end. So I didn't get the bready note on the nose. I got no nose, but a bready finish. And I feel like if you like... uh a sour kind of flavor from the grapefruit, you would like this one. Yeah. And it reminded me a whole lot in our hometown of the beers that we would sample at Eight Foot Brewing. Yes, very much so. Mm -hmm. Good call. Yeah. Let's see. The next one that I got 
is called Vespa. This is their Italian-style Pilsner brewed with extra pale Pilsner malt and Hallertau Mittelfru and Saphir hops, 5.2% ABV. I describe this as clear, light yellow, and lightly carbonated. Very mm. subtle bready notes at the beginning. Mm-hmm. A mild bitterness at the very end. Other flavors uh, going on in the middle were very muted. Mm. So it, it, it didn't have a lot going on in the middle. But it was crisp, crisp, clean, and very drinkable. Crisp and clean. You like that kind of thing. Oh, so, I do. I do. Yeah. This, I had, I had Pablo for my next one in the wildlife section. And it's their house IPA with notes of citrus, fruit pine, and a touch of dank. Fruit pine and a touch of dank. And let's see, it was kind of a lighter yellow in color. And it had citrus up front. The citrusy up front, but definitely bitterness and pine on the back end. And I think that the pine was the one out over the citrus in this one. So if you like a piney IPA, then Pablo would be your thing. Yeah. You ended up with uh, several piney options. I did. And and that was just kind of luck of the draw. Yeah. Yeah. Next on my list is one called Gold Club Lager, K-L-U-B. They (laughs) describe this as a balanced German lager with bready malt notes, noble hop aroma, and a touch of mineral character. I said that this has initial bready notes up front with a light to moderate carbonation, medium body, beautiful medium golden color with a clear profile, slight hoppiness on the end, Gentle floral aroma throughout. I liked this one. This was a really nicely done lager. Mm. I had bail money next, which our server really. It's always good to have bail money when you're an Ebor. Oh. oh. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Oh, listen Tip your to waitress. you. Oh. The beer was called bail money. Okay. Okay. And it was 8.7 ABV. And their menu says. Our deceptively smooth Belgian golden strong ale with notes of pear, cotton candy, and spice. And cotton candy was just curious to me in the menu's description. I, it, it has a very dark golden color. It has a sweet nose. The, the cotton candy comes right up front. It has a heavier body, that, but not totally heavy, kind of like a syrupy body. Not like that, but it had a heavier body than the others that I had tried in the flight. It has lower carbonation, and there are those bubblegum notes of a, a Belgian that were typical, but they were replaced by the, or muted maybe is a better word. <laughs> The, it, then the it was cousin of Belgian. Yeah, I mean it was there. Yeah, I because you let me try this one and I liked yes. it because it's because it said cotton candy and I'm like, fun. You have to try this. There's the bubblegum notes are not there. They're replaced by the the slight sweetness of the cotton candy, but it's but it's not like a desserty kind of. And I don't know if I necessarily. I think the cotton candy was stole the show in this one. 
not so much the notes of pear. So yeah, I agree. I, I would agree. It was just different. It's different than say Big Storm's category Belgians. Yeah, Big Storm, which is also another Tampa Bay area brewery. Mm. They've got their categories one through five. Their Belgians are just textbook Belgians. They are, yes. and and their profile flavor profile from cat one to cat five totally you just r- runs bam. the gamut. The bubblegum flavors are there but in when, cat three. Yeah. Yeah. This is like a cat three with a cotton candy twist. I like so, it. Yeah. I have one more. Yes, you do. And this one's called New Beer. N-E-U-B-I-E-R. New, New beer. beer. And this is a modern golden fest beer with layered notes of bread, honey, and a crisp floral hop finish. 6.6% ABV, according to their notes. Mm. My description was clear, medium golden color, light carbonation, aromas of honey, dipped, oh, I'm sorry, honey dipped biscuits after, or on the finish after you swallow. Mm. Lingering bitterness on the back of the tongue, light to medium body. I loved this beer. This was fantastic. That was a good, I think that was my favorite of your flight that you, when you let me try it. Yeah, really good. My favorite of my flight is the electric funeral. The electric funeral. The electric funeral. 9.8% ABV. Our tombstone stout. So apparently there's a tombstone stout that is, it was actually in the case to take home. It was in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's our tombstone stout aged on local Blind Tiger. Blind Tiger is a coffee shop down the road. Just you can walk right out of the restaurant and see it to your right when you walk out. Blind Tiger's Brazilian coffee. Cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, and served on nitro for a silky texture. And I'm going to tell you, coffee immediately on the nose and coffee and chocolate in that first taste. And then the bitter chocolate of the cocoa nibs on the finish. That one was ridiculous. Not like a sweet dessert, but I can just, I mean, yes, coffee and chocolate in this one. And the body of it is not syrupy. It's not really heavy. I can see like just having the short pour that we had with maybe the beignets from the menu. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think this would be stellar with that as a finisher of the meal. If everybody had gotten like short pour and then shared the beignets, you know, if you're at a group, if you're with a group there having brunch on a Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Now, that beer comes from the third section of their beer menu called Beers with Friends. And Beers with Friends is beers brewed and collaboration with other breweries, businesses, and artists. Like Blind Tiger. Yeah. The coffee. That's super cool. And to round it out, because we if we had stopped there, <laughs> we would have had all but one beer on the menu. Oh, we had to have a little bit, and our server let us have a little taste of this one. We got a little taste yeah. of the last one, and that's called Diamonds and Pearls. And she described this very well. She said it's the big brother, big sister to Savage. And this is a barrel-aged blended sour ale aged on strawberries and apricots. It's a collaboration with a local artist named Pusha Prime. And I apologize, Pusha. If we mispronounce. If I'm mispronouncing your name. Yeah. 6.1% ABV. Aww. 
how did I describe this here? I described this as a hazy, darker golden color, aromas mm-hmm. of apricot, and a slight aroma of strawberry on the nose immediately. Moderate carbonation, tartness that gives way to the flavors of the fruit up front, tartness in the middle with hints of hay and farmhouse, and the finish was like fresh baked bread or biscuits. Mm. This is one of those, this is not my type of beer typically. But Um, good for the style. I thought it was very well done. Yeah. Yeah. Their beer offerings are ridiculous. I think you could find something for everyone. The Electric Funeral was my favorite. Of course, you know I love coffee. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we ended up on the way out of town stopping by that roastery and getting some coffee to go. Which was which quite is literally delightful. diagonally across the street from them. Yeah, you can look at it as you walk out of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, what a great trip. We got the opportunity to visit my hometown of Tampa. We got to accomplish for the Moffitt Cancer Center. Mm-hmm. We are so grateful for everybody who are listening to the show mm-hmm. this week. We, we hope, are. Hope that you will think to donate oh yes and the link for our, our donation donation link is in the show notes runsignup.com slash runcation nation 2023 and that's going to be a wrap for this week's episode we also want to say thank you to show sponsor magic mind give them a try go to magicmind.com slash run eat drink Try it today. Get 20% off your order and up to 56% off a subscription with our code RUNEATDRINK20, all one word. That's going to do it for our show. And happy Thanksgiving. And we are so grateful for all of you. Thank you for joining us in 2023 on your long run, your commute to work, around the house, or wherever you are. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Stay safe and well, and we will accomplish, explore, and indulge with you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.